0: And welcome back to Trash and Treasury, the podcast where we bring you some serious topics but also some absolute garbage. <laughs> We're Grace and Miranda. <laughs> and on this week's episode, we are diving into a bit of a throwback. Called catfish. Mm. Now, you might think is this trash or is this the treasury segment? But um we'll be explaining to you in treasury why catfish is a topic we do need to be talking about. It's yeah. it's not um you know, it's it's not a brand new concept, but it's a modern concept um and it's so complex. We've learned so much about why people do this thing mm. online. Why do they assume the identity of somebody else and pretend to be someone else? Um, it's a fascinating topic. We also haven't talked about it for a long time, like since the show came out and everything. And I I think it's a, yeah, it's a really interesting topic to go into and people are still, um, you know, victims of catfish or Mm -hmm. experiencing catfish or being catfish themselves. So yeah, it's definitely an interesting topic to dive into.
1: It is, and I've also heard a lot of people saying in COVID it's really hard to know if people are catfish because nobody's allowed to meet each other, so photos are all you have to go on. But the show itself is a bit of a throwback, and so is our topic for trash. It's kind of the ultimate throwback. We're going to be talking about sex and the city. So a lot of the TV shows we've covered during season one and two I think do owe their roots to sex and the city. It's definitely iconic and groundbreaking, but also a lot of it is very, 90s problematic. Yes. So, look, there's a lot to unpack. I'm super excited to talk about Sex and the City, but let's start with catfish.
0: Such a Miranda thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) So, the term catfish, you might have heard went around in sort of the early to late 2000s. Yeah. It started through like internet domination, social media taking over, MySpace, mm. Facebook, MSN Messenger to throw another one back. Oh my Do you remember that before we had yes. Skype and Messenger? Yeah. MSN was just That like was like high stakes in your head. Right. It was, it was. And catfish um, became known as the term. That as Urban Dictionary classifies it, and look, there's lots of different definitions, but I feel like it's important to use Urban Dictionary's definition because it is such a non, you know, critiqued word. Like it came out, the term came about because of a documentary, which I will go into yeah. And how they define it is a fake or stolen identity created or used for the purposes of be- beginning a deceptive relationship. Okay. So they created a documentary about this guy called Neve Shulman who was a photographer and there was an artist who kept writing to him saying his daughter was really um, admiring him and his photographs and doing drawings or paintings of his mm, photographs. Okay. Yeah, and so he kind of then formed an online relationship with this eight-year-old girl's mother. So he thought, right, they went on this kind of search uh, for her um, because he hadn't met her and he was in love and they sort of wanted to tell a tale about online relationships. And Mm -hmm. the way they construct the documentary, it looks kind of like, oh, well, why were you doing this? But they actually got shocked themselves um, that – As it turns out, spoiler alert: you've had twelve years. um, You know um, (laughs) (laughs) that that this person who he was talking to was not that person at all. um, That she was a. That's not a spoiler alert. Given he went
1: on to build a whole catfish franchise. To build a whole catfish franchise. Exactly,
0: (laughs) exactly. Um, But she was a middle-aged woman who was actually an artist, but she had a husband who was not very helpful. And she had a bunch of disabled children, severely disabled children. The strangest thing was that, like, he was devastated by this, that this Mm. was all a lie. But there was this incredible empathy um, towards this woman, towards her life, the fact that she... They're not even, they weren't even her children. So the person that she married her was um, all these disabled children from a previous marriage of his. And she was the primary carer for all of those kids. And she was lonely, bored, sad. Mm -hmm. A lot of the critique about this type of thing is like a lot of people are bored and sad and they don't catfish people and manipulate people. Because
1: I mean, I think, you know, I haven't seen the doco and I don't know much about it, but it's not. I assume he wasn't just like, oh, I feel empathetic towards you immediately. Surely there's a lot of hurt, shock, anger. You know, there's been a big deception and there's, you know, you can feel real feelings for these people and it's, yeah, it is a pretty harmful thing to do to someone.
0: It is. It it is a harmful thing to do to someone. And um, look, I've watched a lot of episodes of the Catfish TV show, um, but catfishing is – alive and well and it's a real thing this this tv show also revolutionized um reverse google image searching and i've definitely found catfish on my friends facebook profiles um by reverse google image searching them so reverse google image searching is something that catfish the tv show showed us how to do. paste
1: an image in and it will show you where that image appears elsewhere yes online. but
0: you have to figure out how to do it and you've got to actually drag and drop it into like on a desktop or a laptop kind of thing you can't really do it on your phone um to reverse google image search that and then it brings up all the places where this image shows up on the internet so my friends were like oh but like there's this guy I'm talking to or whatever and I was just like he looks a little bit like catfish I watched this show called catfish and just reverse google image search him yeah. And so we did, and like it was a catfish, you know, and they were just like, Oh my god, you're a detective and I was like, I am.
1: You know I But
0: am. I literally am. But um yeah, no, this show kind of brought about a lot of people being a lot savvier about who they were talking to online. Yeah. Because it was a relatively new space where there was no governance, there was no oversight, there was no kind of public um, security or respect for your own boundaries in that regard. Like online dating was kind of shunned and it wasn't talked about or celebrated much like in the way that we all use Tinder and online dating. Now, everyone mm. knows the red flags. Everyone knows what's too good to be true. Everyone knows if someone asks you, asks you for money, of course, don't give it to them until you meet them and form a relationship with them and you know them, you know, like don't just give someone blandly your money. But there's a that lot of said, reasons. That said, though,
1: scamming is really sensitive, and you know people people can be really embarrassed to come forward when they've fallen for a scam.
0: Oh, absolutely. But and I like, think you know that- it's
1: not your fault if you think you have this connection with someone and you're a good person and you're trying to help them. You know, we shouldn't judge people. I think for being oh, victims of these predators.
0: Hundred percent, we're not judging these people who are falling for it. What I'm saying is that now I think that you know people who are scamming now in our day and age in 2020 you have mm. to be quite sophisticated in how you scam somebody because we have a lot more social intelligence when it comes to online um relationships or online communication we have just a lot more we have a lot more knowledge now than we did back then And I think that, you know, a lot of things that you'd watch uh, an episode of Catfish now and you'd be like, gosh, that sounds ridiculous. But back then, this was kind of unknown. And it was really, Mm. they thought that they were making a documentary about online dating. You know, they did not think that this was going to happen. But then it was so groundbreaking and so good that they ended up getting fame from it. And basically the premise is he goes and
1: helps other people who haven't met their partner. Or they've been dating someone for a year and he might go and meet with them. And So I've seen a couple of episodes of it where he'll say, so you've been dating someone for three years you've never met. Let's go meet them. Spoiler alert, it turns out they're a catfish. Does he ever meet anyone where they're actually real? Or pretty much if you've been dating someone for three years, they are a catfish.
0: So there's lots of big, obviously 90% of people are catfish. Um, mm. but all the situations vary a lot. Um, but what I did notice was a very sad kind of trend okay. and I didn't, I didn't love it. Um, but I also think that that's why I have so much empathy towards the, towards this subject, because I just think people are not actually all trying that. Yes, there are scammers. Yes, there are people doing the wrong thing. Yes, there are people wanting to hurt people others or you know just get money or get attention but for the most part people are unhappy in their own lives they are often overweight quite overweight as in there are a lot of people who are obese pretending to be models and to change your identity to be someone that's not you is quite enticing to people and they do Mm. fall in love but then they could think of course I can never tell this person who I really am because they're never going to accept me and on the catfish show Mm. they like show that person who it is and surprise surprise almost 100% of the time it never works out and they're like it's because you lied to me and then they're like is it because I lied to you or is it because I'm not thin you know, and I think that That's it's a really, super interesting, isn't it? really sad reality. And I also think that there's a huge, huge, huge factor um, in the, you know, uh, heteronormative sort of space where it's like mm-hmm. people who, and trans space where it's like people who don't want to be their own, in, not comfortable in their own bodies or want to kind of float the idea of maybe being a different gender. This happens a lot, Um, speaking to other men, pretending to be a woman. But they know that the person that they really like online would never accept their love being a man. Mm. So they have to project themselves as a woman. And I think that it's a really, really interesting space because, yes, while there are scammers, I think mostly it's people grappling with their own identity Or people being really upset with who they are and where they sit in life and they just want to be someone else and they just want to escape. And I just think Mm. it's very sad. And I think it allows them an escape but also creates a lot of hurt on the other end as well I think that's
1: right. I think that's right. And there are ways to explore your sexuality and sexual identity. Yes. That don't involve... I don't know harming others it's really tricky though I definitely understand what you're saying about having empathy on both sides of these situations
0: yeah it's very complicated
1: yeah but I mean obviously though the victims of these situations definitely deserve more empathy yeah the winner of Australian Idol second season Casey Donovan
0: famously was Catfish yes I forgot about that yeah she's
1: been quite open about it so she She wrote a memoir about her life where she talked about it Mm -hmm. and she's also recently been interviewed about it basically when she was 16 this relationship started with this guy called Campbell who contacted her via I think voicemail or message or email they got talking it lasted for six years and they never met There was always a reason why they couldn't meet. They nearly met all the time, but either it was like, oh, sorry, like the car broke down this morning, like we were going to meet, or like, sorry, my aunt's sick, like, sorry, someone broke into my house this morning, like... (laughs) Yeah, always an excuse to not use the webcam. But in terms of meeting in person, they tried to a lot of times over six years, and always something happened, you know, he had to go out of town for, you know, at short notice. So... Campbell was supposed to show up at Casey's house, but instead this woman showed up called Olga. And Olga says, oh, I'm Campbell's friend. Campbell got stuck in X, Y, Z, random situation as always. But like, he sent me along instead. And Casey Donovan became quite good friends with Olga. Um, They became actually like best friends. And when stuff was going badly with Campbell, at least she had Olga to talk to. And it was Mm. a really good support for her. Now, basically, Olga was kind of her only way into Campbell. She was like, Olga is Campbell's friend. You know, Olga, Olga knows him. Like, at least that's something. The part of the story that's super f***ed up is that Campbell on the phone said to her, I want you and Olga to have sex. And then the three of us can all get together and have sex. So Olga and Casey oh my had sex. Now, oh my as we're talking about Catfish, it won't be a surprise for listeners to know that Campbell didn't exist. It was Olga all along. And it's super terrifying. And I think it's so brave of Casey Donovan Holy to crap. be so open about it. Yeah. How scary is that? It's really hard to know. When people I think are like, they just want to believe. They want it. to believe, believe it too. And,
0: and also for the people who are being catfished who we might think how could you not see through this? It's like how we say to anybody how did you not see the red flags? It's like yeah, you want to not see them because you want to believe the best because you want to believe that that relationship is the right relationship or like it's going well. And you might feel so c- completed by this relationship you don't want to see that they're a catfish you don't want to know that
1: and also she you just want to was 16 she was 16 to 22 it's very young yeah, it's very inexperienced it's very confusing young. you know
0: but also with Olga so she became, she came into her life as a friend of the catfish guy yep right into Casey Donovan's life but yep. then Casey Donovan actually formed a genuine relationship with her and that was then, what
1: so f- she was going then, to Olga for support, but Olga was playing both characters all along. Yes,
0: which, yes, happens a lot, unfortunately. But um, yeah, friends catfish each other a lot by with people not knowing that that's actually their friend. It's very common. Mm. Um, uh, oftentimes they're in love with them, but they know that that will never be something that that friend will accept, so they assume another identity. Again, absolutely wrong but i have empathy for it because i feel like sometimes it's like sexuality thing or they won't they know that they won't be accepted or whatever or it's just too confronting to actually do in real life and they want to have this fantasy but with olga she physically mm. had sex with her so yes why wouldn't she just then form a relationship with casey donovan anyway
1: like, because casey donovan is straight So, Casey Donovan said to Andrew Denton in an interview last year that she's straight. Um, A lot of people, because she's got dreads, people kind of think she's a lesbian, but she said she's straight. She was into this guy called Campbell and she was trying to get closer to the guy for six years. She's in love with this guy, but she can never really get him. And he said, it will be really hot if you did this thing and then tell me about it on the phone afterwards and then we'll all do it together. And she went along with it. When that experience happened, like her intuition was saying, this isn't right, but he, she'd put so much time in it that she, you know, it had to be real. And yeah. she felt gross about it, but she wanted to do it to get closer to him. So she didn't want a relationship with Olga, but Olga probably did want a relationship with her, which I think goes to the points you were making earlier.
0: Oh, I actually feel horrible about it now that I'm thinking about it because I'm like, you're right. Like I've never thought that Casey Donovan wasn't straight, but yeah, that means that that also means that she put herself in this situation that
1: perhaps she, she wasn't be comfortable
0: in. Be, being in because she really wanted to get the guy. Yeah, and that's like, what happened. I've, I mean, I've met ha- countless women. I'm sure you have too, Grace, that women will put themselves in situations where they're like, yeah. oh, make out together or something and people are like, mm-hmm. okay. But it's like it's all for the male gaze and it's all because you just want to, you know, you're like you want to please or, you know, and it's just – That's that exactly is horrible. right and that's what
1: was going on in her mind.
0: And she must feel so much re- – even if this wasn't a catfish, she must – probably feel uncomfortable about that whole situation regardless and then to know that it was that person the whole time and then manipulated her into having sex with her for the to try and get this guy that was actually her the whole time it's just horrible like it is so manipulative and horrible and i think she
1: is so brave and so awesome being open about it, and actually, you will love this. So, Casey Donovan was confirmed to be the host of the Australian season of Catfish, <gasps> but it's not happening because they couldn't find enough people to be on the show. Like, they couldn't find enough real-life examples, oh. so it's been cancelled.
0: <laughs> I suppose that's a good and a bad thing because, like, that was good, yeah, good and bad. been bad. I don't know. That she would have
1: been a fantastic host. Like, um, I wonder—is I mean, it more common in America?
0: Surely yeah, not. I think or it definitely are is. too but
1: ashamed to go on TV about it and maybe people have less shame in America? Is that it?
0: Yeah, no, I I don't know. I think that there's just so many people in America. Maybe they are just more familiar with reality TV or whatever or maybe there's just more examples of it because there is just so many people um, and they're able to just find enough examples. You know, I'm sure if you looked hard enough, there'd be examples here in Australia, but maybe our culture is such that we're just not as open about it. But mm-hmm. Casey Donovan is actually brave and you know how that's used ironically these days she's like 100 brave i love her Mm, i agree again that is why this is a treasury topic because it is actually quite serious and again we'll always put link in the show notes for you know if anyone would like some assistance with these topics or um you know brings anything up for them but it's it can create really really horrible situations and and a lot of mental health does come into a lot of um, these situations whether you're the catfish or the person being catfished it, mm-hmm. it's both it's both ways and sometimes they're more serious than others in terms of like con artists as we've said or just you know trying to you know steal people out of money or hurt them or or what there's so many reasons why people do this it's not cool don't do it um you know if <laughs> that's my PSA um mm-hmm. But I think one final thing to talk about is why is it called catfish? Yes.
1: I said we would answer this question uh, last episode and we haven't. So I'm dying to
0: know. Yes. And so I actually watched the show before I watched the doco. And so I had no idea why it was called a catfish. It was just kind of became one of those terms that you use, you know, like ghosting or whatever. And yeah. And I watched the documentary. And as we talked about, Neve met this woman who was married to a man mm-hmm. called Vince. Um, and, you know, he didn't know what was going on. He didn't quite – the documentary people did not explain that, you know, Neve was a person who was being catfished by his wife. You know, um, the husband thought that Neve was one of her greatest patrons and paying heaps of money for her paintings. And so he was like, I think the relationship's great. I think the relationship's great, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then somehow they brought up, you know, catfish and like explained the term catfish to him. Um, like what, sorry, not, not the term catfish, but what was happening with people's online identities and like did he have any theories on that or how did he feel about people who use different people's profiles to like seduce people online? Like how, do, right. how does he feel about that? And he just said this thing, you know, and he's just from the kind of outback in America. And so I'm going to do my best impersonation of Vince um, to explain why it is called Catfish. And he is the reason. So he said, they used to tank cod from Alaska all the way to China. They kept them in vats on the ship. By the time the codfish reached China, the flesh was mosh and tasteless. So this guy came up with the idea that if you put these cod in big vats, put some catfish in them, and the catfish would keep the cod agile. And there, <laughs> and there are those people who are catfish in life, and they keep you on your toes. They keep you guessing. They keep you thinking, and they keep you fresh. And I thank God for the catfish, because we would be droll, boring, and dull if we didn't have somebody nipping at our fin.
1: Jesus. (laughs) How's that for a quote? Yeah, look, I don't know if I agree with him. It's really interesting, though, that that managed to catch on. Like, that's super interesting that that I now mean, is the
0: word. I mean, it was the finale to the documentary, and that's why they called the documentary Catfish, because why the hell else would you call it Catfish? Like, there was no reason for this. I've also heard a lot of, like, you know, reasons why this is definitely not a true quote, and, like, it's a quote from literature um, that's been kind of ad hoc But anyway, the point is, he came up with this You know, this kind of, this guy in Outback Alaska, like in the Midwest, who just has no idea what the hell is going on, brings up something so profound Mm. and it's so interesting. I mean, I totally don't agree with him. Of course, like, you know, it doesn't keep it interesting. People shouldn't catfish catfish each other, but it was just something so unexpected and so bizarre that of course they had to call it catfish. Mm. What else could you call it after hearing that? from a person like that it was just it was yeah it was totally interesting
1: it is interesting all I have to say about that is I couldn't help but wonder in relationships can you have a catfish (laughs) now that's my Carrie Bradshaw impression (laughs) (laughs) well done (laughs) I know impressions are your bag but I think it's time to talk about sex in the city (laughs)
0: <laughs> you got this.
1: <laughs> so Sex and the City needs no introduction. It's the HBO series that ran from 1998 until 2004. It's based on a book by the same name by Candace Bushnell. It's about four single women in their 30s as they navigate love, life and sex in New York City. We were too young for it when it aired. So basically 1998 to 2004 is give or take a year or so our primary school years. Yes. So we weren't really watching it when it came out. It is, yeah. But it was still so ubiquitous and I still remember knowing about it and... I remember watching it all on DVD when I was 15 with friends and it felt like really adult and exciting to be watching Sex and the City. It did. And it actually, really did. actually, over the last probably month or so, I've actually been rewatching it because when I downloaded Binge, which I talked about in Ruth Bader Ginsburg episode, Binge also has Sex and the City. So it's been really nice and nostalgic to escape 2020 and go back into Sex and the City and rewatch it. And there's just so much to talk about.
0: There is, and like the, I actually forgot about that. I mean, I remember watching Sex and the City, you know, with my girls on the sleepovers, and you know, exactly. Um, but it I do
1: That's how we watched I, it. Like we didn't watch it on TV. It was like this thing where we were like, ooh, yeah, we're old like
0: enough to watch Sex and the City now. When why would your parents let you watch it in year five? I feel like it was like we were sneaking it. Agreed. I, f- I feel like, like we I were sneaking we have to watch memories it. Memories
1: of our parents having it on TV and knowing like, ooh, we have to leave the room because they're watching it. Like it was very yeah, big.
0: Yeah, it was huge. Big
1: to use like a, a thing. We'll get to Mr. later. Big, so big,
0: Mr. big. But but it was you know it was it was prevalent. But I remember watching it and thinking this is dated because of the fashion. I remember thinking the kind of style but was different. Wait, we had TV shows. then,
1: that was only like five years later. I know. But I but guess that's enough.
0: I think the thing is we were young millennials watching 30-something boomers. You know, like we were watching boomer fashion, which – I will say they're not boomers, they're Gen X. (laughs) Oh, sorry, Gen X. You know, like, so I remember thinking, what's with the fashion? What's with the dudes? What's with the things? And I was just like, this is so dated, the fashion, and like, ew, that guy's gross, or she's gross, or that's gross, or ew, that's ugly. You know, I remember having these really juvenile thoughts, um which means I was quite young when I watched it. <laughs> but, mm. but it was interesting because it was made before our time. I mean, I was born in 1991 and it started in 1998, so I would have only been seven years old and I clearly didn't exactly. start watching it It at was seven. basically
1: our primary school and I agree. I remember thinking that too and as I said, I've been rewatching it and I have a lot more respect, I guess, for some of the characters now. Like, Same. There definitely is some bits that are dated, but there's some bits that are complex. And I Trail guess the blazers. first question I want to ask you Yes. Are you a
0: Samantha, Miranda, a Carrie or a Charlotte? Mm. Mm. So interesting because I actually think about this, like this show is so, um, it's, it's, iconic. It's, it, it's iconic. It's everywhere. It's iconic. It's actually, now. it's generation defining. And, and also like whether you're a Miranda, Samantha, a Carrie or a Charlotte is kind of how we talk about all different kinds of women you know and I think Mm. but it was stereotypical in some ways of course but at the time again quite groundbreaking and quite different and I remember you know what category do you put yourself in because I -hmm. was a real romantic so I was like maybe I'm a Charlotte and I thought Miranda was really annoying but then I thought Samantha's really cool and then in my you know young 20s and stuff you know I thought maybe I am a Samantha and then I was like nobody's really a Carrie I feel like Carrie's the host you know but I feel like you know I felt like I was a Charlotte on the inside kind of like a Miranda in my thoughts but Mm. like a Samantha in my actions. Like, I don't know. I felt like I was a combination of all the women, which I think is like what they try and do. They're trying to show different types of women, but everyone identifies with a different part of them. And one person- I think that's right. Is not just one of those characters. Like you identify- with lots of the characters. And I at think. At different that, points in time. I at think different points right. in time. And like Miranda is in a fantastic feminist, amazing character, but I didn't respect her for it at the time. I respect her for it now and mm. I think she was amazing. But at the time, I didn't think she was the coolest or the prettiest. So I didn't want to be her when we all decided who each one was, you know, in your group of girlfriends and you had to like assign mm. a character to each person. I was like, I don't want to be the Miranda. Just because she has my name. Just because that's my name. Just because yeah, that's my like, name. I'm Miranda. I was like, I want to be Samantha or I want to be Charlotte, you know? Like, no wants I would to say, married.
1: I think I am a Miranda Carey and you are a Samantha Charlotte. That's really interesting. I've heard it said that if Sex in the City was made now, Miranda would be the protagonist. And I think that is correct. Like, I totally a lot agree. of the time in re watching it, Miranda's like, why do we only talk about men? And it's like, Agree, But they're like, they can't think of anything else to talk about. And I also just identify with Carrie. I don't know. I will say I've got a lot of respect for both Charlotte and Samantha as well, though. And as I said, like, it's the whole spectrum, as you said, as well.
0: Yeah. And yeah, it's such a great show. I mean, you're right. Like when you say Miranda would be the protagonist now, and you're right about that. But I think that there is something to be said about You know, I'm definitely not the person to be like, oh, we're too PC now. You know, PC's gone too far. But I do think Mm. there is something to be said for when this show was made to be speaking to that generation who are still around now. And, you know, a lot of different people have so many different opinions, you know, and not everybody's the feminist. You know, some people are like, oh, you know, shut up, Miranda, like just, you know. Uh, Some people just want to be dominated or some people just want this or some people just want that. You know, and I think that it actually does speak broadly to like so many different women's views and Charlotte being quite conservative and quite this and quite that, I think that spoke to a lot of people too. And There's actually a hilarious
1: um, modern interpretation of Charlotte which did not exist in the actual show but exists on Instagram. Right. It's called Woke Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Woke Charlotte. And basically, what it is, is it's this Instagram account that takes all of the dialogue from Sex in the City that's super dated and it makes Charlotte give them the answer that they actually need to say in the dialogue. Okay. So there was this episode about bisexuality where Carrie was dating a guy and he was like, Oh, yeah, I've got three exes this girl, this girl, and this guy. And Carrie was like, Oh my God, a guy. And it- all of the girls at brunch were like, oh, my God, you must dump him. Like, they were very biphobic. They were like, no, like, you can't. He's clearly gay. He's
0: clearly not bi. Yeah. Literally.
1: Carrie literally said, I don't even think bisexuality is a thing. I think it's like a layover on the way to gay town. And it's like, you know, you can't date him. And so what Work Charlotte account on Instagram did is they showed that clip and they showed Carrie saying like, I don't even believe in that. And then they showed a picture of Charlotte and she said in Instagram, bisexuality is a real sexual orientation, Carrie. It's not just a phase. And as a sex columnist, you have a responsibility to educate yourself on queer issues and it's like snap so true
0: it's so true but I just love that like now she's worked Charlotte but like what did she say in the show she was probably like ew it's true it's true I think that the thing is um as we've talked about previously it sort of like it is a pet peeve of mine but it's also like really important to talk about about the fact mm-hmm. that you know a sh- when a show was made it's really important because of its time was really progressive I think
1: you're right it's like we can say woke Charlotte now in 2020 but you're right like when they filmed this in the 90s and early 2000s she obviously wasn't woke if anything she was the least woke yeah (laughs) yeah but the actress that played Charlotte has actually said that she loves woke Charlotte she like retweeted her tweet and she's like I love woke Charlotte more than anything in life
0: she, I had no idea, but I would never have picked this. But she was an alcoholic in real life. Person who played Charlotte, really? Yes, and she said that acting saved her life. And um, wait, what? Yeah, how do you know that? There's this amazing podcast which I will put in our show notes um, about Sex and the City. It's like an eight part podcast or something like there's like a lot of episodes and um it's a singular season but it's really really in depth and informative about the lives of these women and it's been a while since I've listened to it but Kristen Davies talks a lot in it um you know she really talks about her life acting how this all came about everyone talks in it except for Kim Cattrall, who's Samantha, um, that's because she doesn't want to be associated. She with She doesn't sexuality. want to be associated with it anymore, and like, there's a lot of reasons for that. But it's really just, you know, a lot of it is is gossip and tabloids, and I, I feel like we don't need to like go into that. But, um, you know, yeah, she had a really, really bad alcohol problem, and um, then she kind of like got into acting and got some parts, and I don't know. She basically says that it changed her life. And so wow. she owes it all to, you know, a lot of her success, like, you know, of getting sober and having a purpose and having a great show and having, like, so much um, appreciation for her character and everything. Like, yeah, she's yeah, a really Yeah, cool it person. was
1: a very, very huge show. Um, I have to ask you, Team Aiden or Team Big?
0: Team Aiden. Mm. 100%. 100% team Aiden.
1: I agree with you, but I don't think him and Carrie were a good couple. Like if I'm That's comparing right. the two because men against way... each other, yes, Aiden. But Aiden and Carrie were not compatible at all. Oh. They had nothing in common. John Corbett
0: is like...
1: He's like, so charismatic. Yes. He's my whole pass
0: for life. You know, like he is just like there is nobody better than John Corbett. I'm going to say it. There is nobody better than him. He is so damn beautiful. He is so gorgeous and charismatic. I just love him. And I just, he is way too good for Carrie. He's so sweet to her and it really pisses me off because like the squeaky wheel always gets the oil. It's like, why does somebody like Carrie who kind of treats him like crap and all these sorts of things gets this like beautiful mm. man, yet people like Charlotte, who are like, you know, looking for a guy and like being really great. I just like dating all these duds. It like really pisses me off. But like at the same time, that's very realistic. Um, and mm. that's what happens in life. And it, it, that's why Carrie annoys me so much because she just took him for granted and he was so beautiful. Um I
1: agree with you. He is so beautiful and so charismatic. I just think that Carrie and Aiden had no chemistry together. Like, they had a chemistry, but they had nothing in common. They had no foundation for a relationship.
0: I agree with that.
1: Like yeah there was we've talked about a bit in love life which obviously is inspired by sex Mm. in the city cottagecore the concept yes Aiden is cottagecore Aiden has this house in the woods and Carrie goes there with him and she's like oh my god I saw a squirrel oh my god this is disgusting whereas it's like obviously adorable and she is just not the right person to enjoy that environment that's obviously lovely she would rather go to the hottest new bar that's just opened in New York, and that's fine, but her and Aiden are not compatible. It's true. They're just – they don't want – they don't have the same interests and values.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. I think the thing is – it actually it actually annoys me as well because I'm sort of like, Aiden, what are you doing with Carrie? Go find someone I agree. else. He, I'm just as you like, said, he's better th- –
1: He's they're not way not too right. good
0: for her. He ta- She takes him for granted constantly, but also she's just hanging on to this guy because he's beautiful, but also they have nothing in common. But then she cheats on him with Mr. Big, who's her, like, big guy. You know, and I think. Let's talk
1: about Mr. Big. Oh, Let's we talk have about to talk Mr. about big. Mr. Big. I've given it some thought because I've been rewatching it. What I have to say is that I think the Carrie-Mr. Big relationship glamorized a toxic relationship and it gave women hope that a toxic relationship might have a happy ending. And I think it's false hope. Her and Aiden never worked because of Big, but also they were incompatible. Mm -hmm. But her and Big were just bad news. And I've got to say in the movie, I thought the movie, the first movie, when Big left Carrie at the altar, I was
0: like, yes. oh, this is such a good movie. This is so tense and it's so realistic. So realistic. And then when she goes on that honeymoon with her friends and she is just yes. depressed and angry, and I've been there. Yeah. You know, I've been there. Yes. I've had a Mr. Big. And I. Exactly. Just, the movie was like, so realistic. It was so realistic. And I thought, oh my God, you know, they've killed it. They've killed it. They've done this. I mean, obviously, I had my. Um, you know, life experience after the movie, but it was just like watching it again. It's just like, wow, you know, that is so empowering. But then knowing that there is (laughs) this other movie afterwards, it's just like, oh, I just... Their relationship is toxic and it's romanticized The problem enough. was them getting back together at the end, I but think. The, pro- the happy
1: ending is what I have a problem with. What I and have I a problem with. And I said this in Grey's Anatomy episode. I said, if someone leaves you at the altar, you do not get back with them. No, you I did say this for April Kepner
0: and I say this for Carrie Bradshaw. That's you right. You do not get back with them. That's right. But the part that I have a problem with is that they did romanticize this abusive relationship right but he wasn't that abusive it was a toxic relationship and yeah I didn't use the word abusive I'm saying toxic you didn't I'm using it and I think that in most situations in real life that is what that equals and a controlling Mm. situation a toxic situation will usually lead to an abusive situation in some way and I think that it was romanticized enough to not have any of those super negatives that usually come with a relationship like that, because usually what we saw was the highlights and some low lights when he went with someone else. But every time he was with Carrie, he was a perfect gentleman. Every time he was with Carrie, he was beautiful,
1: you know. And I we just did think, see him let Carrie down a
0: lot, though, and not show up for her. Yes, um, absolutely. Yes. But I just think it was still an over-romanticized portrayal of a person like that. Because I and I completely agree I with don't you. think a Mr. Big exists in real life like that. I think he exists, that, but it never ends well. Yeah, but it, he doesn't exist like that. He exists, but he exists with lots of other qualities. Because a person like that in real life has other bad qualities. Like he's not just a perfect person and then shitty sometimes it's like there's lots of nuance to a relationship and there's lots of nuance to a personality and I really I will say
1: a couple of things yeah mainly what I think is that Carrie has a big part to play in the toxic relationship and she definitely upholds the relationship and basically the reason her and Aiden ended twice was because of big so the first time obviously was because she cheated on Aiden with big as we said you've had multiple decades to catch up on this but even the second time when she was like I'll never sleep with big again Aiden was like can you please also not be friends with him because that makes me really uncomfortable and Carrie was like no no like I'm sorry but big will always be in my life not the same as you but he'll always be in my life he's really important to me and she just keeps being involved with him in a way that eventually ends up, you know, ruining her engagement with Aiden because Aiden, she doesn't, doesn't want trust to marry her. Aiden. But he also doesn't trust Aiden's her and he Big. has
0: every reason not to trust her because she's just like, he's just really important to me. I just want to be friends with him. It's but like- cut him off. Hashtag you, no contact. You are not capable of being friends with a person like that who you are absolutely infatuated with. But also, like, why you would you want to be? He's a shitty person. Cut him off. Yeah, but Grace, come on. That's the complexity with you know guys who treat him in, keep him keen. Unfortunately, it's a little but bit. You should true. cut them off if you've got a new fiance. That's
1: what I think is. You
0: should cut on them off. I totally fault agree. Is the
1: fact she wants to maintain that
0: relationship. Hundred percent. But because she made that decision, she's like, we just want to be friends. I think a lot of people will rebut this and say, it's okay to be friends with an ex. And I would say that's true, but not in this situation. And also in a situation where you cheated on the partner who you're, you're with for a second time. And then he says, I don't trust you. He has every reason mm-hmm. not to trust you because you are like you are still going on this relationship that you are still holding a candle for. And she was, she was always, I mean, she married the guy in the end. You know, I mean, she she was holding a candle for big this whole time and she would cheat on it. And again, she probably would have done it again. You know, I just think yeah. that, you know, it's a really complicated relationship, but I loved that they showed it, you know, and I think that it's a real testament to the writing that they showed a flawed portrayal of a woman who did cheat, who made mistakes because I, I think, you know, she copped a lot of flack because people were sort of like, that's so shitty, it's a shitty thing to do, but I think it's a really amazing thing to do to show a complicated person who you can have empathy for, have love for, but also like show that they can make mistakes. And I think Carrie made many mistakes, but also she's got a lot of qualities that we all empathize with. So I think that like, it's it, it was a groundbreaking show, although completely not fully woke, you know, with all of its, you know, complete you know kind of homophobia or stereotypes or you know transphobia or whatever um they for its time was fantastic
1: yeah I agree I think it's very flawed I think it's nuanced I think it's worth re-watching definitely there are some cringe moments which we've covered about racism and homophobia that are just like have aged badly (laughs) mm-hmm And I think it's, it's fine for us to critique those, but I think there's definitely a lot of interesting things that remain about how they deal with stuff like abortion and that Charlotte wants kids, but Miranda has them first and Steve's parents and other issues they're all dealing with. I think it's, it's totally interesting and I think it's worth watching. What I will say is another reason it's worth watching is the hilarious cameos from the 90s. Yes. So there is a cameo of Donald Trump. What? Yes. And Samantha's like, oh, my God, Donald Trump. But it's like the real Donald Trump and you're like, ooh, gross. Does he say a line or is it just his face? He says a line. His line is, I'll see you later at Trump Tower. Oh, my God. Wow. I have to go back and watch that. (laughs) But... The best cameo I have to tell you about is someone who was in a very small role before they were famous. It's a scene where Samantha is trying to put up posters and a police officer tells her not to. And it is Chandra Wilson, a.k.a. Chief Miranda Bailey from Grey's Anatomy,
0: <gasps> before she was famous.
1: She oh, my plays God, where she tells officer. her to stop
0: putting the posters up. Yes! Oh! And God, I
1: was, pushback. I literally watched the episode today while gardening and I recognized her by her voice. It just sounds like her Grey's Anatomy character and I had to rewind and look it up on IMDb. And I was like, oh my God. And I need to play you, I need to play you the clip.
0: Uh, ma'am, it's against city law to deface public property. This man said he loved me and I caught him eating another woman's pussy. Carry on, ma'am. Oh, that is brilliant. That is brilliant. I've totally forgotten about that, but yeah, that was that was super iconic. Now Well, it wasn't at the time,
1: because at the time no one knew who that was. No, because greatly watching it, I think
0: that's iconic. Yeah. Um, another one that, um, you know, throwing back to our dance episode, if you're a person who's interested in dance, this was huge for me because I had no idea. Um, you know, so in season six, uh, Carrie dates Alexander Petrovsky, who is a painter or an artist or something. He's a Russian the guy. Russian. The, the Russian. The Russian. And um, he's kind of weird and kind of controlling and whatever. He's like his own sort of problematic person. But I was like, he's so old. Like, why is he in this? Like, is he even an actor? Like, who, who is this guy? But he just had this likeness for me. I was like, mm. who is this guy? And... So he is played by the most famous ballerina in the Mm. world. His name is Mikhail Baryshnikov. And you might have heard of his name before when he was younger and stuff. And I'm obsessed with ballet. I love dance. Mm. I love everything. I watched ballet since i was a kid. oh we know he is a brilliant ballerina he is the most amazing person and it makes so much sense to me knowing who he was why he was in the show because i was just kind of like i don't understand why this random russian guy's just like carries love interest but then knowing who yeah. he was and a lot of people would have known who he was because again Gen X or boomers whoever's watching this show as adults like we were young teens watching this as like a naughty thrill on a sleepover but like lots of women Mm -hmm. were watching this as like older people who did know Mikhail Baryshnikov and he was groundbreaking and huge and he had such gravitas and such fame so this was like really big that he was in this show so yeah that was pretty cool (laughs) to find that out.
1: Yeah, look, definitely that was a huge thing. And that was a huge thing about Big as well because it was like Russia versus America. Like, is this the f***ing Cold War? It's 2003, but somehow we made it Russia versus America and Big Sounds a lot Harry. like Trump and Putin. <laughs> Seriously. I don't know. I feel like when people talk about sex in the city, they talk about Carrie's two big loves being big in Aiden and I think Alexander Petrovsky kind of gets pushed to the sidelines
0: oh as he should he should stay a ballerina mm. I mean he was a ballerina you know he can no longer do those pirouettes and wear the fancy tights um that are just horrific <laughs> <laughs> so now he's trying to be in Sex and the City and it's like mm, no stay in your lane stay in your lane dude you know you're but you're. It's so true. you're an amazing ballerina You're not a great love interest on Sex in the City.
1: (laughs) I couldn't help but wonder can men wear tights? And what hills are we dying on this week? So the hill I am willing to die on this week is that all public toilets should have standing toilet options. Standing toilet
0: options?
1: Yes, I will explain. Now, public toilets hasn't really been something I've been experiencing for the last six months being in Melbourne, but you're in Bendigo, so maybe you've been to some public toilets. (laughs) So basically... The issue is, particularly at airports, unis, any public place, they should have both options because standing toilets are actually better for you ergonomically, but also if people had access to a standing toilet, people wouldn't need to stand on the seat, there wouldn't be pee on the seat, they wouldn't need to put those patronizing signs up that are like, <laughs> yeah. don't stand on the toilet. It's like, well, give people culturally appropriate toilet options. And so you mean
0: also- a squat toilet option?
1: Yeah. Yes, that's what oh, I mean. I don't okay. mean a urinal. I, I thought you were talking
0: like- about like a she-wee situation. No, like
1: <laughs> not. Like, she-wee. what are
0: you talking? I mean like a she-wee, but I mean maybe you could stand and like, you know, hover over a toilet. That would be so much more hygienic. Kind of, you know, but no, you mean a squat toilet, but yes. I mean
1: like what they have in Asia. Um, Yes. A squat toilet where you don't actually sit on anything. It's a hole in the ground um, with some places for you to stand. I personally don't want to use one. I would prefer to to sit down, but the point is options. I think it just makes sense and, you know, it should
0: just be a thing. I'd actually totally agree with you. Um, When I went traveling before, you know, the world went into lockdown, um, <laughs> mm. I was traveling and um, I was really surprised at the amount of Western toilets that were available. Um, and I thought, you know what, we don't do the same for other people. I no, think, we put you know, but the they really catered to Western people. Up. We had put the patronizing signs up and it's like, don't stand on the seat, but it's like, why don't you just provide some squat toilets and some bidets for people who like bidets um, in a normal cubicle in a public toilet it's like they if they cater to us why shouldn't we be catering to them in our country
1: exactly and on the topic of cubicles as well I think toilet utopia is like we also want gender neutral where it's like you don't have to actually share you know, cubicles. It's more like everyone just has their own little booth and there's just signs on the front that are like, this is a toilet with a seat. Yeah. This is a squat toilet. This one has a bidet. This one's accessible. This one has a change table. Take your pick. Yep. Good hill to die on, babe. Very, yeah. It's a bit bit of a
0: serious one,
1: but I think like it it needs to be said. Needs to change. Yeah. Get on it.
0: So my hill this week has to do with the American election and mm-hmm. I just can't think of anything else. Like every waking minute I'm consumed, I'm obsessed, I'm certifiably obsessed with the election. Um, it's every fair time... enough, it's important. It is important, but like I don't know why, you know, we're so obsessed with America, but this is That's pretty, fair. you know, it's pretty interesting. I mean, when Hillary and Trump were uh vying for the 2016 election i got equally obsessed but then i sort of Mm -hmm. like you know backed off for a few years and didn't try and you know look at everything to you know not try and get too consumed by it but leading up to an election bring hope and options they bring hope and options and a lot of like just aha moments or like whoa Mm -hmm. i can't believe this is real and you know the presidential debate um happened this week and i'm fresh off the heels of it and um I just – I can't think of anything else. And I just thought to myself, <sighs> my hill to die on is that Oprah should have run. <laughs> yeah. She should have run. I mean, I, of course I want Michelle to have run. Um, she, Michelle Obama, she would As have been we amazing. As talked about though, she doesn't
1: want to do it. She doesn't She's want to do enough. it. She's given enough.
0: She's given enough. She's not effing interested and fair enough. Like, fair enough. Um, but if Oprah had run, you know, realistically – Donald Trump was a celebrity. She's a celebrity, but actually I feel like a celebrity was the only way on the to, to win on the opposite. You know, for somebody to kind of have a big bounding personality to squash Trump, like that's what I thought and I thought, you know what? Even though it's stupid and I don't want to advocate for like reality TV or, you know, people who aren't politicians to run for president. But I think she should have run, and I think she would have actually been really good.
1: <laughs> That's a really interesting Oprah, hill. where are you? I mean, look, it's an interesting hill you say about Oprah and about celebrities, because as we know, Kanye is also still running for president, so...
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. <gasps> I forgot about that. I don't know. If celebrity <laughs> candidates is the goal. Yeah, but he's also, like, super right-wing, so, like... No, Oprah's yeah. like a real anything, Kanye
1: might be taking some of Trump's votes, which is a good thing. So Exactly,
0: yeah. exactly.
1: All right, well, on that note, let's find out what we're recommending this week. My first recommendation this week is a terrifying horror movie called The Invisible Man. Ooh have you seen this it's quite famous it's new but it's quite making a splash no
0: I haven't I think I've been hearing more about the Blair Witch Project or something like that that's been remade something's been remade that's terrifying
1: hmm this is based on a novel from the 1800s but it's not that um this stars Elizabeth Moss from The Handmaid's Tale (gasps)
0: oh I've seen a trailer yes
1: yes So trigger warning for family violence. The premise of the movie is it's a woman in an abusive relationship and she manages to escape, but then um, her ex continues to stalk her even though he apparently died. And she is saying that he's invisible and the police are like, yeah, no, that's not a thing. And she's like, no, listen, he's a scientist in optic technology He's world leading. He absolutely could become invisible and no one will believe her. Whoa! Um, It's terrifying. And it's actually um, a joint Australian-American production, which is really cool. Very cool. Yeah. So it's all filmed in New South Wales and in Sydney, even though it's set in LA. Interesting hmm it's really good what I've told doesn't give the plot away that all is revealed within about the first 20 minutes
0: and it's a two-hour movie so is it
1: it's super terrifying and really good all I
0: want to know about Mm -hmm. a horror film is like if I'm going to put myself through that is it a satisfying mm -hmm. ending don't tell me what the ending is but I want to know if it's satisfying is it worth me watching uh yes it's satisfying yes good good because I hate those ones that are like oh it was just her imagination and she's got a double personality
1: oh I mean those can be satisfying too I personally feel but this one has a very finite ending I don't want to give spoilers
0: away but I would encourage people to check it out (gasps) okay sounds really good I'll have to watch it Mm. next time I'm Mm -hmm. allowed to have somebody at my house (laughs) (laughs) well my first recommendation is a couple of podcasts so um okay as I've said I've been following the American election and Amy Coney Barrett's nomination to the Supreme Court all the these stuff in the US, the voting system, what the hell is the Electoral College and all that sort of stuff. Um, mm. I've got really into The Daily. Um, so that is an American podcast. I can't remember who produces it. Either way, they produce a really highly professional podcast every day, uh, weekday, and they mm-hmm. have um, really amazing guests on there. Like we had someone who was um, a senator on there the other day, um, like, about the Amy Coney Barrett situation and, you know, it's just, it's really incredible. It's really great insights, really well produced, and it gives you the information in a way that you can understand. And I highly recommend it. If you're at all interested in the American election or just anything, it's really good. And then the other one, um, if you're Mm -hmm. not interested in that, is a (laughs) podcast called One Crime. And, um, it's really stupid kind of American podcast, but as we've been talking about catfish today, um, there is an episode that they, those girls do on catfish and they're very American. Sometimes they do waffle on a bit, which kind of irritates me sometimes in these American podcasts, like they go on for so long.
1: We waffle on a bit. <laughs> Look,
0: we. if you think we waffle, we got nothing on these girls, but they are very <laughs> funny, um, they're all good friends from a long time ago. I do enjoy listening to them. And especially if I'm in the mood. Right. My second recommendation
1: is an episode of the Armchair Expert podcast with Dax Shepard, where he interviewed Alan Pompeo from Grey's Anatomy. Alan Pompeo plays Meredith Grey in Grey's Anatomy. The podcast goes for about an hour and a half. And it's just super interesting and also super satisfying because usually celebrities will not give the goss on like the show they work on. But she talked about Grey's for most of the hour and a half. So much goss. So she didn't actually want to do a medical show. She was trying to become like a serious actor. She'd done a few serious movies and her agent said, just do this pilot for Grey's Anatomy. And she's like, I don't want to be on a show for six years. It's a six-year contract. Wow. And they're like, "Don't worry, like hardly any pilots ever get picked up. Just do it for your show reel, next minute,
0: season so she's 17. Like, fine.
1: <laughs> Literally, and so they talk about that and about the trade-offs she's made to now work on it for seventeen seasons. But they talk about things like her really famous pay negotiations and the fact that. You know, she sort of talked about like how this, you know, will she ever work again on anything? Probably not. So she needs to get money out of this. And she talks about Sandra Oh, and she talks about, yeah, it's just really interesting. Also interesting about like her childhood in Boston. She was kind of in this like sort of underworld gang crime upbringing, which she left to go be an actress. Yeah, it's interesting. You know,
0: I've heard her speak about, that's really interesting that she didn't want to do it sort of because what she's what I've heard her speak about um previously is you know the fact that she loved being in a show for so long and can flesh out a character and that she doesn't think that it's um you know a discredit to her that she's been on the same show for so long she's like I think if you love the show and you want you love the character she's like I'm working and also like it's a great consistent sort of job to be on a series and also to flesh Mm -hmm. out the character and everything so she's really proud of her Meredith she talks
1: about a lot of the positives and the fact you have to work very hard and be very good you do to stay on a show for 17 years so people don't get bored and she also talks about like the benefits of being on a show that's so big and that she's got to tell some stories she personally is really passionate about in later seasons about things like healthcare insurance and
0: human trafficking. Yes. I actually can't wait to listen to that. I, yeah, I want to do that almost instantly. Um, Okay. So my last recommendation is very short, but um, look, I'm not in Melbourne. I'm in Bendigo. We have had the absolute luxury of recently being able to go to restaurants um Mm. (laughs) the maximum of certain people and like session times and you have to check in and scan your qr code and do all of these sorts of things and so the first time i've gone out for ages for months 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 um went out with a couple of friends because uh one of the girls from work is leaving to go um to a new job and we all went out Anyway, it was a bizarre experience because mm. having your mask on when you like get dressed up and you're like, oh my God, this is the first time I've gone out for so long. I haven't gone out for ages. I've never like, ha- I haven't had to, even if I have like been drinking, I've been drinking at like my home with my social bubble mm-hmm. person. I haven't like mm-hmm. gone out ni- and dressed nicely for a long time. I haven't not worn trackies for a long no. time. I'm, I'm very interested to hear
1: about this because as listeners will know, I'm in Melbourne, so that's not a reality for me. Not yet, yet.
0: Um, but, but it was I'm really
1: interested to hear a what our like.
0: experience, Grace. Look, it was really great to see everyone, but it was really bizarre um, because you have to like drink. And then put your mask on and then like go to, every time you go to the toilet, you're like, oh, and you kind of have, you've had a few bubbles and you're like, oh, you've got to put a mask on. And then you put your mask on, you go to the toilet and you're like, oh my God, I've got this mask on. And it's just, it's so much harder to wear a mask when you're out drinking. I just, I have to say it is a real mm. challenge. We all complied and we all did the right thing, but it was just, God, it's annoying. And also what's annoying is you get dressed up and you're all really excited to go out. And so what did mm-hmm. I do? I put on lipstick. Didn't I? That's your classic look, of course. Classic look, my red, my a red, red lip. lipstick. Yeah, red yeah. lip. And um, so, what happens when you put lipstick and then a mask on, Grace? One, you <laughs> smudge your lipstick almost instantly, yes. even if you have like worn it around the house and you've like you know dabbed it um, yeah. and you've done all the right things, it will still smudge on your mask because oh. it is so close to your face and like. If you, you know, smush a tissue into your lips, of course, you're going to smudge your makeup. Same thing that happens with a mask. But the thing that I didn't know what would happen (laughs) is that when we all took our masks off at the dinner table to drink our glass of champagne, we all put our masks on the table and we all had like period stained masks. (laughs) (laughs) it looks like our masks had a period it was just so your masks were a pad that is so good (laughs) yeah so it was just it was so funny um we all had these like you know gross masks and because you don't take multiple masks because we're all wearing you know our small bags because we're going out Mm -hmm. we all took our small bags so we've all only got the masks that we're wearing then you have to put the period stained mask back on your face. And then mm. even if your lipstick's gone, it's kind of like gets on your face again. It comes back <laughs> it every comes time. It comes back every time. <laughs> it was just the most hilarious situation Um Definitely going out during COVID of not quite, we're not quite at COVID normal where, you know, we're ahead of Melbourne, but we're not, we're not quite there. Um, so your reco is basically don't wear lipstick. Don't wear lipstick <laughs> if you're wearing a mask or get like a super ugly um like duckbill mask that sits really far out from your face even though it's ugly i have
1: seen some people with those yeah because you have the mask off a lot
0: if you're eating and you're drinking you can still wear lipstick and feel nice but wear a wear a giant mask that doesn't touch your face because you will regret it it will make you look worse and you will feel self-conscious if you smush it all over your face (laughs) like just trust me on that
1: Your only option was to turn it inside out and just be open about the period. Then I looked
0: like I had a period on the outside of my face, which, and then I would have had a period both ways. So (laughs) we all, we, we all tried different options, Grace. We didn't just give up instantly, but yes. (laughs) Anyway, that's Morocco. Um, COVID's weird. What a year. So (laughs) thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, I hope you've enjoyed our conversations. And next week we've got another fantastic episode planned for you
1: for our trash next week instead of tv we thought we'd mix it up and be a bit intellectual and go with a book so we're going to be talking about midnight sun by stephanie meyer so for those who don't know midnight sun is the twilight series from edward's perspective and it's the first book that's come out it's been highly anticipated i'm in a book club and i tried to get my book club to read this with me Yeah, But suffice to say, nobody would. But I've been reading it by myself. (laughs) I need to finish it by next week so that we can discuss. But I can't wait to tell you and our listeners about
0: some of my favourite bits. And speaking of psychopaths, um, (laughs) namely Edward Cullen, Uh, we'll also be deep diving into psychopaths for our treasury. And this is a very... Uh, interesting topic that I absolutely am fascinated by I'm fascinated Mm. by psychopaths what makes a psychopath and psychopaths don't necessarily have to be murderous so more on that next week interesting well
1: as always check out our Instagram feed trash and treasury to check out some bonus content throughout the week and we'll see you next Tuesday for our second last episode of season two
0: see you next week everyone Please note that the views expressed within this podcast are our own and we are not experts. We have done some serious Googling and even some serious internet deep dives, but we are by no means qualified. If you need actual advice, please speak to a licensed professional. We can even help you Google one.